This is episode number 111 with Jenna and Drew Kutcher. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy. Healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? This week's podcast is brought to you by Sunlighten Saunas. Now, if you've been following me on Instagram stories for a while, you will know that I love my infrared sauna time. We've had one in our Bondi home for a few years now, but we recently got one in our Noosa home too, which is epic. And I often get asked about my favorite wellness and self-care rituals. And with the amount that I'm on and off airplanes, by far one of my favorites is time in my sauna. And I want to be the best version of myself. I want to show up to the world as the best possible version of me. And infrared saunas have been an amazing way for me to rest, rejuvenate, rebuild and heal both my mind and body. It's just time for me. I love it. No one interrupts me. It's like my little sanctuary and I just love time in there so much. And since I've personally been using it, I've noticed that my skin is even clearer and some aches and pains and little niggles that I had in my lower back have minimized, which is awesome. And the best part is I always walk out feeling bursting with energy. And as soon as I get out, I try and jump in the ocean because for me, that is just like heaven. I call that my aura cleanse and I just love it. The combination of the sauna and diving in the ocean afterwards is just, oh, heaven. The thing I love about Sunlighten is they are constantly working with designers, engineers, and scientists to research and develop cutting-edge wellness technologies with independently verified research data to back up their saunas. It's awesome. And their global mission is to help people maintain and improve their wellness and lifestyle. So for all my Aussie and New Zealand-based listeners, I have an epic offer for you. I have a $500 gift voucher just for you. All you have to do is head to sunlighten.com.au forward slash Melissa and mention the code word Melissa Ambrosini in your inquiry to receive your $500 voucher. How epic is that? And be sure when you get your sauna to tag me in your pics. Jenna took a $300 Craigslist camera and turned it into a seven-figure business. She spends her days in their small town inspiring entrepreneurs online through her resources, courses, and the Gold Digger podcast. At age 23, she walked away from the corporate world to pursue a career as an entrepreneur. And her passion is equipping the dreamers, doers, and entrepreneurs out there to have a creative, authentic marketing strategy that drives profits and grows a devoted audience. 
Drew is a neat freak and loves his family more than anything. He owns a health coaching business called The Kutcher Method, which helps you lead a healthier, happier, more fulfilling life through correct nutrition, personalized workout programs, accountability, and most importantly, by finding the fun in all of it. Now, they met in college. They became best friends and three years and a bet later, they started dating and haven't looked back since and have been married for almost seven years. Both of them are entrepreneurs, they work from home and they do life side by side. Their journey in starting a family hasn't been the easiest, but they have learned a lot about themselves and each other in the process. They work hard, play hard, and love the small town life with their two little dogs. And in this episode today, we chat about their epic love story, how they dance between the masculine and feminine energies within their partnership, how they live and work together, how they move through their challenges when they arise, the common misconception about them, how they went viral and what that did for their relationship, how they keep their love and relationship exciting and fresh, the key to soulful sex, what lovemaking was like before they got together and how it's different now, how they fill themselves up so that they can show up as the best version of themselves, plus so much more. You guys are going to love this gorgeous conversation with these two beautiful epic human beings and for everything that we mention in today's episode you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 111 and before we dive into today's episode i want to read the review of the week and this comes from kate m and she says thank you melissa i get so excited to go on my walks knowing I have you in my ears, filling me with such an abundance of knowledge. Thank you so much, Kate, for that beautiful review. And don't forget to leave me a review in iTunes for your chance to be the review of the week next week. And now, without further ado, let's bring on this super inspiring, gorgeous, real, authentic couple, Jenna and Drew Kutcher. Jenna and Drew, I am so excited for this conversation today. But before we dive in, can you please each tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, yes. I had Honey Nut Cheerios and I also had some gluten-free banana bread. But Drew's the healthier version of the two of us. Not so much. Today, I mean, I knew this question was coming too and I I was going to eat some eggs ahead of time. But no, for breakfast today, I also had cereal. I had some Honey Nut Cluster something with bananas on top and almond milk. Okay, awesome. I don't even know what Cheerio things are. I don't think we have them here in Australia. You're missing out. It's it's actually a, a relatively healthy cereal. Right. Okay. Well, guys, I love a juicy love story and I have loved following you on your journeys. 
And I actually first started following Jenna um, from your podcast. But can you take us back to where Jenna and Drew all began? Tell us your journey and how you guys got to where you are today. Yeah. So we met when we were about 19 years old when we were in college and I was a freshman, Drew was a sophomore and we were in a few classes together. And I remember seeing him in the weight room up doing some sort of cardio. And I was like, I keep running into this guy. Like what is going on? And come to find out we had the same double major. So we both did communication and business. And so we had a ton of overlap in our classes. And that was where our friendship started. And I really like to emphasize friendship because we were just friends for three years before we ever started dating. And so we went through a lot of life just as friends. We dated other people. Uh, We explored the bars on the weekends and kind of had different passions, but we were always each other's best friend. And we kind of walked each other through relationship qualms and kept coming home to each other. And I secretly really started to fall for Drew. He was single. It was kind of our time. And so we really started dating off of a bet because he was worried that if we started dating, we would ruin our friendship that we had spent so long building. And so we had a bet that before we graduated college, we had to kiss just once just to see what it would be like. And I finally went into the kill three years into our friendship. And we've been together ever since. So we've been doing life together for the last 10 years as a couple. And we've seen a lot of life. Drew's story might be a little different because it took a little convincing uh, to get him to love me. Do you have any Anything to chime in? Oh, sh- she was obsessed with me, basically. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was I was dating a girl from back home at the time, and I knew Jenna was was something special. So I kind of kept her there, you know, not on the back burner to like me- be like, you know, whatever. But I kind of knew that there was something with me and her deep. And as soon as my ex girlfriend and I broke up from back home, it was kind of like, you know, we should probably pursue something that we already know works. We're such great friends, and. Let's see how it goes. And here we are married almost seven years later. So I think she uh, she had the right idea from the, from the start. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's like a movie. You guys could definitely make a movie out of your love story. It's very sweet. And in my latest book, Open Wide, which is all about deep love, rocking relationships, and soulful sex, I talk a lot about the importance of understanding the masculine and feminine energies within ourselves and within our relationships. So how does this show up for you guys in your relationship? I think we're constantly battling the difference in energies. We are best friends, but we're also total opposites when it comes to things. And uh, one of the things that I think I really value about our relationship is that we are not the same people we were when we got married. I think I was a lot more feminine and meek maybe when we got married. Um, But as we've kind of journeyed through life together, I've really stepped into my own power, what that looks like as an entrepreneur, as a wife, as um, somebody who is just seeking more out of this life. And we always kind of joke around because we have a very untraditional by society standards lifestyle. Um, You know, I am the breadwinner. And Drew is the most epic 
housekeeper. Uh, he cooks for me. He cleans. He does all the grocery shopping. And so we have battled a lot with the different energies and what that looks like in our relationship and what works for us, what brings us the most joy. Uh, and it's definitely not been easy balancing those different features within ourselves. Uh, but it's been this journey that I think has really created this relationship that is so strong um, that if people don't understand it, it doesn't matter because it's been working so well for us. Yeah, that is really interesting because I see a lot of relationships struggle with this because that imbalance is really, really prominent. And if the awareness isn't there, then that's when I think it can really cause friction. So, I mean, Drew, how does that feel for you? Like, since Jenna has really stepped into her power, she's taking on more of the I guess more of the masculine qualities. How has that been for you? I think growing up being the guy, you know, with I was in sports and always kind of wanted to be the masculine one and always knowing like I should be the one that's going to be the breadwinner. I'm going to be the one that's going to be making the big moves. But I think at this point in my life, you just need to know your role and know where Jenna's basically, she's the stronger one when it comes to business, when it comes to um, marketing and whatever else she's doing. So, if she's the one that's out there killing it, why should I be battling to kind of take over for her? There's no point in that. So why not be the one that sits back and does the supporting role and does my thing that I like to do, you know, with my little business that I'm doing and also mainly be there just to support her, um, not only in her career, but in life and with the things around the house and all the small things that I think just kind of get pushed to the side. I want to focus on that and make sure the, the system works as a whole not from, you know, in the limelight, but from behind the scenes more so. And I, I'm totally fine with it. If that's how it's going to be, you know, I'm totally cool with stepping back. It sounds like you guys have an epic partnership. You guys are really a team. And all of the relationship goals episodes that we've done on my podcast, there is a real sense of partnership and team. Like there's, they are really a team. And I see in a lot of relationships, they're missing that. You know, they play this tit for tat. Well, I picked the kids up from school, so I get to go to yoga. And I see it a lot in different relationships. And I think that they forget that they are a team. They are a team. And that is really beautiful. It's one of the best things I think about mine and my husband's relationship is that we really do support each other. We really do have each other's back. And there are times when I'm writing my book and he's supporting me. And then there's times when he's on tour with his music and I'm supporting him and it just ebbs and flows. And I think when you're aware of those ebbs and flows, that's when you guys can really dance elegantly between these energies and your relationship flows so much more effortlessly. But let's get practical. You guys live and work under the one roof. And hands down, I think anyone who can do this is freaking amazing. And my husband and I do it as well. We work and live in the same house. And it comes with its perks, but it also comes with some interesting times. And in our Sydney home, we have a two-bedroom tiny apartment. So how do you guys live and work together? What are your five tips? What are some boundaries that you've set? Tell us how you do it. 
For the first five years of me starting a business, Drew had a traditional nine to five. And I really valued that time that I had during the day alone. Uh, I had my own sort of schedule. I really worked hard when I was alone. And when we decided to let Drew pursue his dreams, he had taken the back seat for so many years to let me go after my wildest dreams and it was his time to go. Uh, we were in for a rude awakening when he started working from home because working from home means you work from home. And with a man who, God bless him, is OCD and loves to have the house be perfect, it was a big struggle for him to understand like you don't do laundry in the middle of the day and vacuuming needs to happen during the after hours. And so we have never glamorized that part of it because I think that it is something that can look so glamorous, but figuring out your different positions and roles and your schedule is so hard, just like you said. So tip number one would be to define your space and what you need. And I think that one of the best things we've done is just kind of given ourselves separate working space so that we're not sitting at the same table. We're not analyzing which websites each other person is on. Uh, we're actually kind of creating this environment where we feel inspired. And so in our last two homes, we've had different spaces where we're either on different floors of the house or in uh, separate areas to have that freedom to work. I think number two for me is to honor each other's schedule. So Drew loves to get up and go and do his workout, whereas I might do an afternoon walk with my dogs or hit up a later yoga session. And I think that figuring out when you hit your flow state and how to support each other in that is so critical because it's really easy to want the other person to adjust to your time schedule uh, when it's not really conducive to the work that you're creating creating and doing. I'm trying to think of what else. I think just tackling it as a team. So when I record podcasts, Drew usually keeps our dogs quiet. He's kind of confined to a space so that he can honor my best work. And then in turn, uh, I try to give him that freedom if he wants to go out in the yard and do different work um, to make sure that I'm helping manage the house in that way. What else do you got? Drew's trying to think. I'll keep going. I, I got this. Uh, number four, I would say, is, is have a clear closing time, a clear shutdown time. I think that it's so easy for us to wake up and grab our phones first thing or be watching TV together and one person is on their phone and then the other person grabs their phone because it's almost as permission. And so we've really gotten good at leaving our phone in downstairs when we go upstairs so it doesn't come into our bedroom. Um, it doesn't impact when we're eating together um, and really ho just holding that space for each other. Um, and then I think the last one is just having quality time where you actually have conversation because I think one of the biggest struggles was when he stopped his nine to five, it felt like we had nothing to talk about anymore because he came home from work and we had something to talk about, but suddenly we're spending every waking minute together. And so having time to ask each other questions or to go on a walk with no phones, no headphones and, and really just talk is so helpful. Like we really try to take breaks to connect to each other. And I think that Sometimes that connection takes just as much work as the hard work that you're doing every day. Um, and so being meaningful at the way that we're connecting beyond what we do, but remembering who we are. I think that's what I would say. I'm falling, I've fallen in love with coffee shops lately. Just mm -hmm. getting out of the house has been my thing and letting you stay home and do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's super inspiring to hear all of this. And we very much do a lot of those things as well. Like when Drew came home from working nine to five, it's very 
charming, the idea of working from home, but it does, you do have to put in these boundaries and you do have to kind of talk about it. Otherwise, like when my husband and I first started both working from home, we found ourselves always talking about work. And we're like, hang on, we're we're lovers and husband and wife first. So we've had to really set some, you know, boundaries in place. And I seem to be a bit more like Drew. Like I get up in the morning, I work, I go work out, I get out of the house. I am OCD neat freak, which, you know, which during the day, you know, Nick is a little bit more flexible with like leaving teacups everywhere and things like that. And for me, it's like, just let it go. Just let it go. It doesn't matter. I don't have to clean up after him during the day. (laughs) It's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest (laughs) thing. It's so hard. Um, So, and I think, you know, what I talk about in Open Wide is practicing crystal clear communication. And we've actually sat down and had conversations about this. You know, during the day, I like to work like this and you like to work like this. But I think getting out of the house, even though all we want to do is work from home, getting out of the house is so important and kind of tag teaming whether someone goes and works from a cafe and then the then you swap. I think it's really important. Uh, we have one office and because we both have a podcast and because we uh, Nick is also a musician we're constantly tag teaming to be in this room that I'm currently in and so it's like we're always working around that as well ideally we would have our own separate offices at separate ends of the house but that isn't a reality for us right in this moment in this house that we live in so we have to just make do with what we've got but I love those tips. And I'd love to hear what is the biggest thing that challenges you most in your relationship? What is it? And how do you each work through it? I think what challenges me the most in my relationship is balancing my love of what I do with who I actually am. And I definitely think looking back, there have been seasons of my career where I'm so wrapped up in the work that I'm doing that it's easy to lose yourself. And so what has been a challenge is that Drew is one of the most content people I know in such a beautiful way. And I think that I am a big striver. I want more. I want what's next. And so that challenge of seeking contentedness in the moment that we're in, in the stage that we're in, in the season that we're in, while still not being complacent uh, has been a really big challenge. And we've been through a lot of different seasons, seasons of growth, seasons of grief, um, seasons of just navigating changes. We just moved states. Um, So we've kind of been through a lot of different seasons together, but I think it's balancing that desire for more while soaking in the fact that he can be content with what we have. Do you have anything? I mean, like you said, it's just, me trying to starting my new business working from home has its own challenges but then kind of figuring out how to operate it the smoothest way while you know not having it overtake your life like you still want to have your your freedom and your balances when you're home and jenna's done a great job kind of coinciding her life with her work so i'm working on that myself just kind of the balance has been hard and when you're at a nine to five job, it's easy because they tell you, you know, this is what you need to do for the day. This is your goals. This is your objectives. And for me, trying to find out what I, my goals are, I guess, has been kind of a, a journey for me. And having 
Jenna be there as kind of like a, you know, I've gone through this, I've done this myself. This is like a blueprint. So having her kind of help me out in my personal business has been awesome. So, I mean, just us working off of each other in every little way in life and business has been, has been kind of cool to see where we can go and see what we can, what we can do individually and as a team. And let's be honest, it hasn't been glamorous doing that. It's no. such a hard role as a wife, uh, as somebody who has done this before to be like, this is what you need to focus on. This is what actually moves the needle. This is what ins- what's important without being a business coach, but like guiding. And so we've definitely had our own like frustrations with that. At the same time, it's been such a blessing to just, you know, have Drew chases passions in tandem with mine uh without letting him make some of the stupid mistakes i made jenna does a really good job of lighting a fire under my ass to be like what are you (laughs) doing today like what are you doing tomorrow let's figure this out so she's she's always helping me set goals and it's she she's a go-getter and i'm going there i'm getting there (laughs) (laughs) well that's really beautiful that you guys just have each other's back it's so beautiful so Drew, tell me, what were you doing in your nine to five job and what are you doing now? So what I was doing in my nine to five job, I've I was in and out of sales jobs from college, but my most recent nine to five was selling wine to grocery stores and liquor stores. So I was a, a liquor representative for a distributor in Madison and um in Madison near our house. So I was basically selling wine to stores. So basically, you know, the grind nine to five kind of sales numbers type of thing. And that wasn't really what I wanted to do long term. And I've always been into fitness, sports and fitness. Nutrition has always been kind of something in the back burner that I've taught myself how to do. And um, I've always had a passion for that. So I took that and now I own my own personal health coaching company and I help clients with accountability and meal planning and workout guides from home or from the gym. So I kind of just help people get healthier. <laughs> mm, beautiful. We need more of you, that's for sure. And you guys are definitely in the public eye. And you recently had an experience that kind of really, really brought you in the public eye. And it's easy for others to put you guys on this pedestal, but we all face some challenges. So is there a common misconception that the public have about you as a couple? One thing that I've always been really passionate about and have shared about for years is just body image and our struggle as women to come home to our body. And um, with that, we've had followings and gained attention and, and opened our marriage up to inspire other people. But with that comes criticism. And so we had a post that went viral where I was sharing about how a follower had slid into my DMs and kind of insinuated like, how could I, a curvy size 10 woman, land such a handsome six pack of a man? Um, And I just shared about that. And I shared about our relationship and how we look doesn't impact the way we love. And um, just that Drew has embraced me through so many different stages of life and so many different versions of my body. Um, And that post ended up getting picked up by almost every major news outlet um, multiple countries, it went everywhere. And so it was a really beautiful experience. It was a whirlwind of an experience. Um, but I think that it talked about something that not a lot of women talk about, um, which is just feeling like they're not worthy or that they don't measure up, uh, whether it's the way you look or the way you work or the amount of money you make. 
Um, and so we opened the door for a lot of interesting conversations. It, we kind of laughed because Drew became known as Mr. Sixpack. I became known as woman or curvy woman. Um, and so it kind of showed the areas that our culture needs to work on um, in terms of defining humans and, and not just looking at the way we look. And so, you know, it opened us up to criticism, but beyond that, it opened us up to be able to have platforms that could continue that conversation in that dialogue. Uh, it was the weirdest experience I think we've both ever been through, but a blessing in the least. And so I think that, you know, being married to a man that is as healthy and wonderful as Drew and handsome, let's be honest, sometimes it does bring out that inner mean girl that you talk about, Melissa, and it brings up conversations of like, he should be with somebody thinner or more beautiful or I'm not worthy of his love and attention. And so I'm excited that we went viral for something that we're passionate about and that that resonated. Uh, but it was a pretty crazy experience. Do you know, one thing that really drew me to you, Jenna, from the start many years ago was just how authentic and honest you are, not only on your podcast, but in your posts. And when this all happened a few months ago, I really loved how you handled it. You handled it with such grace. And I was sending you some DMs just saying, I love you, sister. You know, you're amazing. And I'm sure it stung still, you know, I'm sure it stung, but the way that you handled it was just so inspiring. And the message that you are, you know, blazing this trail with, it's just incredibly important. And I'm so grateful for all the work that you do because the body shaming has got to stop. It really has to stop, not only within ourselves, but with each other. Like what some of those people were saying is just, it's revolting. It really is revolting. And I just want to commend you and and say that I'm just so inspired by the way that you handled it. And I'm grateful that you share so openly and so honestly, and you continue to do so. You didn't let it kind of tear you down. I think the first night was the hardest because we went up on a major news outlet and we had gone out with some friends and we were driving home and I started reading the comments and it was earth shattering. Like it made me want to just bawl my eyes out. I was so sad about the way people were judging me, judging our marriage, judging our relationship. But after that, we got past that. It was the positivity that just totally outweighed the negativity. And and I think that what is so beautiful about self-love is that you have to go home to it. Like if you genuinely love who you are and you're working on that every single day and you're waking up and you're making those decisions, then it's proof that the outside critics can't control you. They can't shake you. And there are definite moments of weakness, um, but it's been such a positive experience for us once we got past the the trolls. And I think that it just helped us extend that platform of what a positive relationship can look like um, and help us continue that conversation of what a quote real body is because we all have real bodies. It's the way that we show up to the world, not the way that we look. Totally. Has it changed anything else within your relationship? Like did it cement 
anything for you guys or did it shift anything else? What are some other positives that came out of this experience? To be honest, that was like an everyday post for Jenna. Like she's constantly talking about body positivity and how we love each other for who we are, not for how we look on the outside. And, you know, it was just, it was just random because she usually will plan out her posts. And that one was just kind of written up in a parking lot. You know, it wasn't anything that she was planning on doing. And since it's gone viral, I don't think anything with us has changed. We've just gotten a lot of weird requests online and things like that. But I mean, as far as our relationship, it's still the same. And um, maybe it's cemented us a little bit. We we are there for each other, you know, more and more every day just as time goes on. But the, the positive, like Jenna was saying, the positivity that we've gotten from people um, from around the world has been so cool. I'm getting messages from people from Europe and Australia and all over the place just saying like, we got your back. We, you know, this is something that we should be talking about more. Thank you for loving people, not for how they look, but you know, your wife is gorgeous. Like everybody, you know, it was just kind of cool, but I don't think it's affected us as far as our relationship goes. We, we just keep loving each other every single day. As cliche as it sounds. Yeah, we're cliche, but it's true. And I think it was one of those experiences that like, I could see how it could invoke doubt or make you question things. And I think that when we just started coming back to each other during that and laughing about things and really paying attention to where we were allowing our energy to go and what we were allowing our message to be, I think it just really confirmed that the world needs examples of true love. Um, and it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be pretty. It can be awful and messy at times. Um, but to just keep showing up in that and to show people what real love can look like. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to us res- respecting each other. I think we just respect each other for who we are. And like we said, we're there for each other, um, good times and bad. And we just want to be friendly and <laughs> make sure we're striving for the same goals, you know, no matter how we look. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to start this relationship goals segment on my show, because I want to provide examples of not quote unquote perfect couples, because not one couple on this show has said they're perfect or even portrayed that they're perfect. What I am trying to do with this segment is provide examples of couples that are so committed to themselves and to their partnership and to being the best version of themselves. And no one said anything about perfect because perfect doesn't even exist. And it's actually a word that I want to encourage everyone to limit or delete from their vocabulary because striving for a perfect or perfectionism is just going to keep you comparing yourself to other people. So stay in your own lane and do what feels right for you because no one really knows what happens behind closed doors in a bedroom with Jenna and Drew. Like how, you know, no one's there. We're not there. Your Instagram's not there when you are in those beautifully deep, open, heart expansive experiences. And that's something that you two get to share that you, no one else gets to experience and it's sacred and it's beautiful and it's special. These examples of these relationship goals are there to inspire people because it is possible to have these beautiful, respectful, like you said, Drew, relationships. And that is one of the keys to relationships is respect. If you don't respect your partner, then everything else doesn't matter. 
you've like relationships have to be built on respect. And this is what I talk a lot about in my book, but I'd love to hear how do you guys keep your love and your relationship exciting and fresh? Like after 10 years together, seven years married, how do you keep it exciting and fresh? I mean, we have never stopped being kids. And I think that we are those stubborn people that still go to bed holding hands at night. We still ask each other three things we're thankful for every single day. And I think that being married to a man with OCD routine is a beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> but I've definitely pushed him out of his comfort zone a lot. Um, we have a place in Hawaii that is kind of our sanctuary that started as this bucket list dream that turned into a reality. And now we have a home there. And for us, really getting there a few times a year to just recharge, reconnect, shut off all work, um, you know, get outside, be with nature. It's been really just this almost like healing place for us in a beautiful way. And so uh, we black out our calendars so that we have that time together and we really honor each other in that time because I think especially working from home, working on our own businesses, it's so easy to just get into that hustle and grind mentality and to convince ourselves that we can't rest or we're not worthy of rest or we're not capable of rest. And I think that we in recent years have really crafted this narrative around like it's time for us now and it's our time to come together. And so I think that that's been one of the biggest pieces of our relationship is just really crafting that time. I think um, keeping things like date night, simple as date night, going out to dinner at night and watching crappy TV shows together and this weird ways to have fun with each other, no matter what it is, no matter what your significant other enjoys, just do those things. And like we said, respect what they like to do and what makes them laugh and do that more, you know, sneak up on them, surprise them, take them to dinner, you know, like just be spontaneous and just have fun with it. Just try as much as you can to make it, you know, you pick this person to be with for the rest of your life. Might as well make it fun and make it worthwhile, not make it stressful and something that you're forced to do. Just enjoy each other's company. I love that. And I really get that from both of your Instagrams, just how much of a big kids you both are. Like you really have so much joy. And you know what? My parents are still married. They've been married for around... 40 years now. And my husband's parents about 46 years, I think. And my parents are big kids. Like my, my husband says, your parents are just kids. Like they're just hilarious where his aren't as much like that. It really does make a difference. And they still hold hands all the time. It's so sweet. It's really sweet. And Nick and I, I love that you said that we go to bed every night holding hands still. And you know, we've been married for four and a half years and we just love it. We go to bed every night holding hands. We say, what are we grateful for? We ask each other three things we're grateful for every night before we go to sleep and then again in the morning. And it's just those little things, respecting how the other flows and works. It's really these little things that make such a difference. And that's how we can keep our relationship exciting and fresh. And something that Nick and I started doing about five months ago was we had always wanted to learn ballroom and Latin dancing. And so something that we wanted to do was just get some lessons. So we did it. And we've been doing that for five months and we're having so much fun. So I think as well, you know, trying new things together is a really amazing way to keep your relationship fresh and exciting and new after all of these years. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. We always joke, but we literally go to bed together every single night. Like ever since we started being together every single night, we brush our teeth together and go to bed together. Even if we're not ready for bed, I usually stay up and read books because Drew falls asleep right away. Um, but it's just like holding that space and that time and that routine for us that is so special and kind of recarves out that, that connection period for us. Yeah, absolutely. How important is soulful sex and intimacy in your relationship? Drew just pointed at me to answer that question. (laughs) I love it. You know, I think that it's super important. I think that it's sometimes a struggle. um, And I will be like totally honest. I think that you have to make it a priority in order to make it happen and to keep the romance alive. And so there have definitely been seasons just like in our businesses with our intimacy. And it's so funny because our whole relationship started as best friends. Like we are just, we love to be together and do nothing together. And so I think that the romantic side of our relationship is something that we're challenged by to continue that piece of it um, and to continue to explore different things with each other. And so It's definitely been one of those things that, you know, we've had a very interesting journey with our fertility and starting a family. And so there's definitely been mental blocks and excitement there. Um, And so it's just one of those things that we have to keep a focus or it can quickly fall onto the back burner. I love that you said you've got to make it a priority. And that is something that I think a lot of people forget. You know, just like you make your health a priority and you go to the gym a priority and you see your girlfriends and you make that a priority, spending time with your beloved, you have to make time. Like Drew said, make date nights. We schedule in date nights. We schedule in time together, lunches together. Otherwise, if you don't make it a priority and schedule it in, it won't happen. And same with like lovemaking for us. You know, we, I'm very much like you, Jenna, where I just, could get so wrapped up in my work and I just love what I do so much. But if we don't take time out of our day to connect first thing in the morning or in the evening, getting into bed together and chatting and making love, if we don't make that a priority, it just falls by the wayside. Like it doesn't happen. So I think that's really important. And I love that you said you've got to make the time for each other. You've got to create the space so that you guys can really have that soulful intimacy and that time together. Amen, sister. So what was making love like before you guys got together to what's it like now for you guys? Drew pointed at me again. You sure you don't want to answer that, babe? No, it's cool. You can go. <laughs> I think that it's funny because when you look at the past, it's like, oh my gosh, we were just crazy kids in love. And I think that in marriage, it's so easy to get comfortable with each other and to really just lose your inhibitions, but also like lose that drive that you had. And so uh, when we look back at our past, our early married days and and the way that we connected with each other and, and we're always just touching each other and on top of each other and loving each other to now where it's more of that monotony in that life, it's it's such a good reminder. And I know for us, uh, like we are terrible dog owners and our dogs sleep in our bed and then it just causes disruption. And so when we're in Hawaii, it's a lot easier to connect on a more intimate level when you're not working and you're not thinking about it and there aren't dogs jumping in your bed. And so 
it's definitely been interesting. Um, and with our pregnancies and losses that we've had as a female, it's been very eye-opening to me the way that intimacy and sex can change in your opinion when you start having sex for a purpose for a desire um it's a totally different experience than when you're just doing it for pleasure and so um for me it's held a lot of emotional weight which has been something that i've had to like focus on and work on and acknowledge in our relationship um and so it's it's definitely just been this journey but I think it's one that we're very open about. We talk about, we don't shy away from it. Um and we really like respect each other and have each other's backs. Uh so I think just like all things in life it's this journey and we're on it together and we're working through it as gracefully as we can. And don't get it wrong, we're still spontaneous in this category. <laughs> just not as frequent as when we were um you know newlyweds. So <laughs> Set that straight. Yeah. And I believe that in order for us to be of service to our lover and to be the best lover that we can be and the best partner, we've got to show up for ourselves first. Like we spoke about before, we've got to really love ourselves. So how do you both make sure that you are overflowing within yourself first and not coming from that place of lack or need? Like what do you guys do? What are the What's the personal development things that you each do to make sure that you're both full? Yeah, I mean, for me as a woman, it's definitely been probably the hardest journey I've ever been on in figuring out my body and and how it serves me and how I fuel it and what that looks like. And after our second miscarriage, which was about a year ago, I hired a naturopathic doctor and I hired a life coach to really just help me work through some of the grief that we were experiencing and just the challenges that I was feeling. I was I was mad at my body. I hated my body. I felt like it had failed us. And um, it was a lot of emotional stuff to work through. Um, But in that hard work, which I think is harder than running a seven-figure empire, running this business, doing life, I think that that self-work is where I really learned how to honor myself, how to seek my own worthiness. And so much of it is just paying attention to that inner dialogue, the way that we speak to ourselves, the way we speak about ourselves. And it's funny because my body hasn't changed all that much, but the way that I think about it, the way that I talk about it, the way that I dress it has absolutely transformed. And in just showing up in that battle, in that journey and sharing that we don't have all the answers. Um, I don't wake up and think I'm the most beautiful person on planet Earth. But throughout the day, I can see my strength and what I am honored for. Um, It's definitely been interesting. And I think as a married couple too, it's really honoring that work in each other. uh, Because Drew is the most handsome man I know, but I know he's still insecure. And so it's really figuring out those love languages and how to pour into them. And I'll let Drew talk about his personal journey. I mean, I think the most attractive thing that Jenna finds in me is finding a passion in something, being a hard worker and, you know, taking, of course, taking care of your body and your health is one thing, but also, you know, being passionate, whether it's in your, in your business, with your friends, with each other, you know, with your family, just kind of showing that you're there and you're, you're, uh, you're an energetic human being, I think, is a very appealing thing for people. And having that drive is something that really, I think, motivates Jenna as far as, you know, finding me attractive outside of my <laughs> handsomely good looks. <laughs> what do you guys attribute your success to? A lot of hard work. 
I think I attribute it to just showing up daily. Um, I think that one of the reasons why we've grown the platforms we've grown and we've been able to share a message is that we have left our ego at the door and we've just continued to do the hard work. And I think that we have shown up in every season of our lives in the seasons that we've wanted to be front and center and the seasons that we've wanted to hide. Um, and we aren't afraid to talk about some of those crappy things that most people won't lean into. I think we just keep leaning in. Um, and so I think that it has been a lot of hard work, a lot of focus. Um, but now we're just in this season where we're finding our flow and we're figuring out what rest looks like and we're coming back to each other in a beautiful way and, and acknowledging the differences in who we are now versus who we were when we got married. Um, and I think that when I look at marriage, we're, we've grown into each other as we've grown into who we are. And I think that the problem is, is that a lot of people grow apart in that. And so it's that constant checking in, constant respect and constant work that we're doing in tandem together. And if you can grow together through your 20s, I think that is so amazing because you change and grow and evolve so much in your 20s, so much. And I think if you guys can do it and still hold hands, then that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, your 20s are like your awkward years and we knew each other in our teens. So when you look at that in the amount of life we've experienced together, I think that it just brings us back to that friendship that started it all and and this genuine obsession with each other. Like we really do just love to be together. And it's so funny because we'll be together for 30 days in Hawaii, be together constant. I mean, we eat, sleep, do everything together and we don't get sick of each other. And so I think that it's just been fun to work together, play together, and continue to just grow together. That's so beautiful because I definitely still need my own space. I love my husband so much and love being around him, but I, you know, especially around my moon, I tend to really just want to go inward. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, we're all so different and what works for one person may not work for someone else. So. I think that's so sweet. You guys are the freaking cutest. (laughs) Thank you. So one thing that's bringing you individually the most joy right now in your life, what is it? I think just making our new house a home and and really um, figuring out this new way of life in our new place. It's been so exciting. And I think that the move just felt so right for both of us that it's kind of starting this new chapter and I'm really fired up about it. What about you? Yeah, same thing. It's just, it's a whole new state for me. It's all new, you know, friends, Jenna's family's close by. So just meeting new people, finding a new gym, finding a new, you know, chiropractor and being buddies with him, like whatever it is, just currently being in this new place has been uh, totally cool for us and we love it. And you guys moved to be closer to family, wasn't it? Yeah. So we are close to my family, which I've been away from them for 12 years. So it feels really good to have my mom with in a phone call away and have her, you know, be a part of our lives more. And my siblings are all here and our niece and nephews. Was it a hard decision to move from where you were? Yes and no. I was shocked because we had talked about it for a while and and we kind of what I love about our journey is that 
I started my business in a tiny little village of 1200 people where we didn't know anyone. And, and then we kind of created our lives on our own with a community of people. And so our whole first six years of married life were just us figuring out life together. Um, and I think that I am just such a family girl. And so I've always dreamt of moving closer to family, but we just never knew when the time would be right, when our jobs would allow us to do it, what it would look like. And so when we found this house and just had this feeling and were able to visualize life changing, we kind of leapt at it. And I don't think it was anything either of us had planned, um, but we are both just so in tune with with where we want to go as a couple that like Drew was on board and I was like, all right, let's do this. And so it, it actually was a really natural move. And it's just felt so good for both of us. Mm, That's so beautiful. Now, I'd love to hear what is one thing that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? I am working on figuring out this next season of life for us and kind of what I want my business to become and how I want it to serve our lives as we start our family. And so I'm kind of in this season of not hustle, but more just looking at how is my business serving me and not how am I running my business. And it's definitely an uncomfortable season, but it's one that I've been ready for and excited about. I'm working on personally with my business streamlining it a little bit easier and making it more scalable, um, creating content as far as you know, things that I can share and not just focus on one-on-one working with people, which I love doing. I love having my clients, but making more content that can be shareable and continuing on with that kind of thing. And email marketing has always been a struggle with me. So that's currently what I'm doing, but also where we live now, just meeting new friends is also something that I'm currently, you know, I'm a very outgoing I love to talk to new people and, you know, you can't only find friends from the gym. You got to go elsewhere. So it's just, just meeting new people and exploring the new, the new, uh, the new state we're in is where I'm at. Awesome. Now let's pretend you both have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Which book would you each choose? I would choose Purple Cow by Seth Godin. And it's a book that really influenced my business and my brand. But the whole gist of it is just really standing out and being yourself because the world has everyone else in it. And the only thing you truly have that's unique to offer is you and your gifts. And so understanding that you can step into those things that make you unique and different, I think that would really help other people. That's a tough question for me. I don't know. Honestly, some kind of uh, maybe in the home ec class, some kind of a healthy, real food foods type of a cookbook and stay off of the low fat type of things that I learned in, in when I was little. It's so many books to choose from, but something with eating healthier and, you know, just feeding yourself the right amount of fuel and the, the correct things your body needs. Something along those lines, because you don't really learn about that until you're you're older, unless you really dig into it. I know. It's such a shame, isn't it? You usually like. I had to learn the hard way. I got really sick and had to learn the hard way. But I wish that they, you know, really taught nutrition, proper nutrition in school. It's very important. Yeah, exactly. It would really change a lot of people's lives from the get-go, you know, not get them away from the diet sodas and the the crappy food that's that's so easy to get and, you know, so available for people that they need to figure out how to how to combat that a little bit somehow. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about your morning routines and how your day flows. Like, I know Jenna's a little bit more with the flow. Drew, you're a little bit more scheduled and love your routine. Talk us through your days and, in particular, your morning routine, how you guys move through your day. With me, I like to get up. We actually, like Jenna was saying, we don't have our phones in our bedroom at all, they're downstairs plugged in. We get up with the sunlight in the morning, which around here this time of days or this time of year is usually around seven in the morning, seven thirty. We'll get up, we'll have a little breakfast, something light for me. Jenna isn't a huge breakfast person as much, but um, I'll get to the gym around nine a.m. Kind of, I'm nice and awake for the workout. You know, I feel myself with whatever whatever is you know gonna get me going. So carbs and you know something simple like that. But I'll get to the gym around nine, come back home, and get right to work take the dogs on a nice long walk and and then get into work that way. I like to wake up without an alarm. It was something that I always set an alarm for the first years of my business. And then I realized, why am I doing this? Like the reason why I'm a boss is that I don't need this. So uh, we like to wake up and I we kind of lay around in bed for a little bit with our dogs. And then I like to go on a walk, not look at my phone um, and just kind of get outside, get some fresh air. Um, and then I like to create before I consume. So I've really challenged myself to create any work that needs to get done before I jump onto Instagram or check my email. Um, because I love to put my energy in the places where I'm excited about. And a lot of times those passive ways that we're ingesting can really influence the way that we're creating. So at the end of the day, I'll set up a big three of the three big things I need to accomplish the next day. And those are the three tasks that I start in the day. And then we, of course, take a lunch break. We love to walk our dogs at the end of the day um, and then dive into dinner and watching trashy TV shows and then heading to bed. I love that. I do the same thing. I set my three MITs first thing in the morning, the three things I need to do before I dive into consuming. So I am definitely a create before consume. I find if I consume first, I feel wobbly all day. I just feel I'm not as focused or something. So I am a massive believer in the create before you consume and also the writing down of, I write three MITs, most important tasks. And I do those before I open my Instagram each morning. And it really helps. Mm -hmm. That's why we're soul sisters. Totally. (laughs) All right. What are you each most recently grateful for? One thing that you're both grateful for? I am grateful for our new home and the ability to start fresh. I'm really thankful that we're in a new space together. I am always grateful for my parents. Love my parents. They're solid, you know, relationship type of people to look forward to. And they're just, they're just always there for us. That's so nice. And now I've got three little rapid fire questions for you each. Okay. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? I would say honor your sleep patterns and really create consistency around sleep. It's changed a lot for us. Mine is going to be just simply drink more water. Yeah. So simple. And actually, Jenna, I was going to say before you mentioned that you don't wake up with an alarm and I was the same. Like I'm like, I'm my own boss and I've got to have an alarm and get up at six o'clock. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? But I mean, I go through stages where, 
you know, if I've got an early yoga class or an early gym class, I, I need to maybe set an alarm as a backup. But my body loves it when I don't. And it organically just wakes up. You know, the last two mornings, I haven't set an alarm and my body likes it so much better. And I said to my husband, I'm like, we're not doing this anymore. I don't want to set an alarm anymore. And he's like, he's, he's like, okay, as long as you wake me up, because he doesn't wake up naturally. And I always wake up before him. So he's like, okay, as long as you wake me up, then that's fine. But it just makes such a difference. I think, you know, especially rising with the sun and letting your body wake when it wants to wake, it's just so powerful and healing. Yeah, it's been a huge change for us and our new house doesn't have the best drapes. And so it's actually really nice because we'll wake up with the sun and it's seven in the morning and we feel rested and we feel ready for our day. And so it's been a really, really nice way to start our day instead of feeling like you're forced to start it, that you're choosing to start it. Exactly. And it's like, why are we waiting? You know, there was a part of me that was like, oh, well, when I'm retired, I will, like Nick's parents, they're retired. I'm like, when I'm retired, I will, you know, not have an alarm and just do what they do, which is wake when the sun wakes. And I'm like, but why am I waiting for that? Like, that is ridiculous. Like, why can't I just do that now? And I'm going to ne- probably never retire anyway. Like, I love what I do so much. So it's just something. It's, it's another thing. Like, I remember Nick said a few years ago is like, why are we waiting to fly business class? Like, what age do we have to get to before we can start flying business class? Like, who set that rule? And I was like, well, do you want to fly business class? He's like, I would love to fly business class. I'm like, okay, well, we'll fly business class. And it's like, don't wait, don't wait now. Do it now. Do the things that you want to do right now in your life. Stop waiting because we don't know how long we've got left. And we don't know how much, you know, time until we retire, if that is what you want to do. So just do it now. We're with you 100%. That's the reason why we bought our place in Hawaii is because we don't need to come here when we're 75 years old. Let's let's go there now and make it a priority to go back and turn it into an investment property so we can make money out of it and keep coming back and keep coming back. Why wait till we're old? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get back to my rapid fire that I just went on a massive tangent with. (laughs) What is one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance, not only in our finances, but every area of our life. I would just say create systems that are scalable. So like what Drew said he's working on in his business is create a way to get your message to the masses and show up and serve your audience before you ever sell to them. And I would say within reason, try to chase your passions and turn that into a, a profitable business. You're not going to, you know, if you're in this sales job, that's just kind of dragging you on. It's going to be kind of a waste of space. You're not going to get there where you want to get to. So find something that you love doing and make make money doing it as simple as that, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great tips, guys. And the last one is, what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? I think it's just lifting our eyes. It's as simple as lifting our eyes from our phones and being present and really asking ourselves, is now a good time to check Instagram, check email, or is now a good time to connect with one another? Yep. And mine is simple as respecting each other, going back to the same thing we've been talking about. This whole show just show um show that you're there for them and they'll be there for you just respect each other 
Guys, is there anything else that you want to share that you feel like is very important? Any last words of wisdom about relationships or anything that you have wanted to talk about that maybe I didn't ask you? No, I mean, I think it just all comes down to honoring each other, honoring your gifts and growing as an individual while respecting that growth in your partner. And uh, I think that we like to keep it real. We talk about things like farting and plucking chin hairs and all the real things that happen in marriages and relationships. And we don't shy away from that. And so at the end of the day, nobody is alone. We're all in this together and none of us have it figured out. Anything you want to add, Drew? All I want to say is, can we do this interview in person next time? Because I'd love to come to Australia. (laughs) Totally. Guys, have you ever been? No. 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 Oh, wow. I mean, if you love Hawaii and beaches and sunshine, you would love Australia. It is just so beautiful. And Drew, it's like so much health and wellness. And you can work out on the beach with all of the massive bodybuilding men down at Bondi Beach. You would just love it here, guys. You have to get here. I would need to. I have a friend from my old job from Brisbane and he raved about it and just Australia in general. So we'll get out there sooner or later. Yeah, you should totally do something like run some events or whatever. Just come and hang out. Go to the beaches, like go to the East Coast or the West Coast. So guys, I am a massive believer in service and I want to know what is one thing that I personally and the listeners can do to serve you both today? How can we serve you guys? I think just encourage us. I think that the walk is never easy and we're definitely experiencing new things as a couple. And so I think just a little encouragement or say that our story made an impact on you. I know that really fires us both up and challenges us to keep showing up in the world. Well, guys, thank you so much for not only sharing so openly and honestly today, but for being so open and honest in your platforms and for being of service and providing such epic heart opening content and just being real. Like I'm so grateful that you guys are out there just being real and providing so much laughter for myself. I love watching your stories and it's been epic to connect with you guys. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's been so beautiful to watch you guys over the past couple of years and to get to connect with you and just for all the work that you're doing out there. Thank you so much for having us. We are giant fans of you. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa. This was awesome. What a sweet couple. I loved today's conversation. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 111. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Also, just a reminder that you can get your hands on my latest book, Open Wide, a radically real guide to deep love, rocking relationships, and soulful sex right now. 
And all you have to do is head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And when you're there, you can also get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. If you haven't seen this free video masterclass yet, guys, you are missing out. This is where we take what we talk about in the book and you can see and hear Nick and I talking about it in person, real life. So from the page to video, it's pretty epic. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, don't forget to leave me a five-star review in iTunes. And before we go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there is someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please, please, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, you can share it on your social media, you can email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you have got to do to get this into their ears because you will inspire them so much and they will thank you later. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word.